Kia ora, welcome back to Flying the Fern, powered by New Zealand Stories, Fernmark license program and produced by Raw Collective. This series is all about telling the real life stories of well-known New Zealand businesses that carry the official Fernmark logo. We dig into how they came about, the challenges they've overcome and their contribution to the reputation New Zealand businesses have around the world. The Apple Press is an award-winning Hawke's Bay apple juice company that boldly claims to make the world's best apple juice. Founder Ross Beaton started growing apples in 1982 and built a successful business exporting apples to 45 countries. But he was always bothered by the ugly fruit, apples that were of A-grade taste and texture but went to waste because they weren't pretty enough for export. Sally Gallagher shared Ross's frustration and their meeting in 2013 was the spark that became the Apple Press. Now, the Apple Press is both a national and international success, making preservative-free apple juice from their own production facility on the outskirts of Hastings, using some of the very best technology in the world. This is innovation meets opportunism, the embodiment of the classic Kiwi can-do way. In this market, quality is king, and it permeates everything they do. Enjoy. Well, kia ora and welcome, Sally. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Now, first question for you. If you were advising a visitor or someone from outside New Zealand, what is the first thing you suggest they should do? Come to Hawke's Bay, of course. Have some of our amazing food and wine, I would suggest. Apples in particular or anything? You're not oh, first. yeah, apple. I didn't want to be too biased, but yeah, apple juice, of course. Have a nice. fresh apple, have a glass of wine and a, and a slice of cheese at one of the wineries. Yeah, we often get people wanting to come visit us and um, when they find out we're in Hawke's Bay, they get quite excited. So, oh, yeah. When it's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's and even spot. internal New Zealand clients are kind of like, oh, can we have our meeting in Hawke's Bay? No, oh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I'm there. I'll be there. Now, tell me about the ugly fruit, as you call them. Uh, hopefully, they're not listening because it's very pejorative. So, they're basically the, the cosmetically unappealing, the, the not the perfect fruit, but they're perfect for what you need them for. That's right, yeah. So basically they are what we call cosmetically challenged. So they might be a little bit low in colour or have a little blemish on them and that means that when they go to the pack houses, they get rejected in terms of export quality. So um, we pick up those fruit, which are internally as good as anything else that you would buy in the supermarket, and we um, add some value to those. And how much of a crop typically ends up in that sort of category? It depends on the season, but it's probably single digits. It's probably less oh, okay. than 10%. Yeah. It's not a lot, but it's a lot when you look at how many apples are grown in Hawke's Bay and also Nelson, right? They grow a lot of apples. So yeah. for a business to not utilise 10% of their fruit is quite a significant chunk. And you're redirecting that, which would otherwise be wasted into a, you know, a valuable product. Uh, not necessarily wasted, but it goes to what they call apple juice concentrate, which is basically you take apples and you make it into a sort of a syrup. And then you export that in big drums to China and then you mix it with local Chinese water and that's what they call apple juice. Ah. So we don't do that, obviously. You don't do that. No, your actual apple juice. Yeah. actual apple juice, the real real McCoy, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the business because you've set this up with your co-founder, Ross. Tell us about how you met. And- yeah. That's quite a funny story. So I was working with the, actually working with the Food Innovation Network at the time and I used to get called by lots of random people saying, I've got lots of blueberries, I've got lots of cherries, you know, I want to add value. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. So this guy rings one day, hi, my name's Ross, got lots of apples. I'm like, okay, cool. Should we meet it? Wish we meet. And you never quite know where to meet someone when you've never met them for the first time. So I always go for a safe option. So I go for milk and honey, which is in Ahanuri and it's great oh, by the beach. Beautiful. Really nice spot. Yeah, it's great. So anyway, I pulled in and then this, 
Range Rover pulls in front of me and this guy with all his hair gets out and he's, I'm going, oh, my gosh, please don't let it be home. Oh, not Ross. Not Ross. I never met him. I didn't know who he was. Anyway, we sat there for an hour and we chatted away. And, it um, was him. Okay. It was him. Yes, it was him. And he goes, oh, I've got all these apples. What should I do? And I said, oh, well, if I was you, I would do this, 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 and I wouldn't do this. We had a couple of ginger teas and then I thought I'd never hear from him again. And then a week later he rang me and said, okay, what are we doing now? You know, that was nine years ago. So, wow. Has he had a yeah. haircut since then? Sounds like he needed a haircut. No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great start to things. It was always been animated conversations, which is always fun. So that was 2013, obviously a while ago now, but you've, you've yes. now set up a business together. You've, you're doing some unusual things, juicing apples. We are. Yeah, exactly right. Tell us about that as a business. Why did you get into that? Well, I guess it didn't really start as juice, to be fair. So when I first met Ross, we were talking about adding values to apples and we looked at lots of different things. So we looked at, you know, baby food, food service, juice was one of them. We looked at extracting things and making nutritional supplements. I mean, we looked at the full range of what you can do with apples. But at the end of the day, there were lots of apples. Apollo apples had lots of apples to, to do something with. And so we needed something that moved volume. Right. And so that's why the apples kind of popped out. And I guess it was also saying New Zealand grows amazing apples. We need to hero those apples and we need to hero them by variety. So it was kind of pulling out the varietal story and making a hero of that, which is really what is really our point of difference ultimately in terms of what we offer. And um, it's been resonating everywhere. So Ross was hugely passionate about apples. I'm a food tech by training, hugely passionate about adding value to New Zealand raw materials. A lot of people talk about it, but not many people actually do it. And this project has actually allowed me to do that, which is kind of my passion. So, um, yeah, it's, and we're doing it at scale, which is even more exciting. Fabulous. Now, you mentioned the varietals, which is interesting because I, you know, I thought an apples and apples and apple, and particularly in the juice world, isn't it just all the same? But you keep them separate. Tell us a bit about that. We do, yeah. So, I guess most people know apple juice is that kind of brown, homogenous mix that they used to have, and it's kind of looks slightly murky. And that's the concentrate. So what we've said is let's take an apple, let's press it in its own varietal state, and then let's turn that into juice. And basically that enables us to make things that that taste like the fresh fruit. So my whole thing was around saying let's make an apple juice that actually tastes like the fresh fruit from which it came. And um, quite challenging. It's quite hard to do something that simple. But um, actually people just go, wow. It tastes like proper apple juice. The first experience we had, I was with my colleague and we were, in, um, we were with um, NZT actually in Hong Kong and we had a retailer come in and we lined them up and these women, the looks on their faces was just, yeah. I'm really? going, oh, my gosh, it does taste different. Yeah. Wow. So because you believe it yourself but it's not until other people try it that you really, you know, and now we see it with kids and when we do tastings and they'll go, oh, no, I like that one or no, I like that one. And, you know, in my house, they're like, oh, no, don't bring home that variety. I only want a jazz or I only want a pink lady. You know, they they talk about it as its own. Is that right? Like a wine appellation. It's I like a wine, yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, so you only drink red or, not red or white, but now you differentiate that down further and it's the same with this. So it's it's amazing how people now say, oh, I'll have a jazz or I'll have a pink lady or I'll yeah, have a Yeah, feeling in the mood just, for a yeah, bit of a grey burn today. Yeah, I want something a little sweeter. I want something <laughs> a little more acid. So it's been really awesome seeing it. And on our bottle, we actually have what we call a sweeter meter, which talks about the sweetness. So you can decide, depending on your mood, which level of sweetness you How sweet to be. That's, I think yeah. it's fantastic. And you obviously, you've got skills in food nutrition or food science in some ways. That's mm. obviously helped you think about how to best preserve that sweetness or that taste. 
it has yes correct and um i guess yes we're very much a branded business but we're actually all about technology um because the technology we've invested in allows us to get the extended shelf life which allows us to go to export so a lot of our competitor products are short shelf life which means they can't they can maybe export to smaller markets maybe air freight but we needed to do this at scale and be sending container loads internationally so as boring as it is it's all about technology and shelf life yeah the marketing team would like to tell you it's all about brand it's all brand um, and product i'm sure it's a mixture it's a mixture but you also you don't we should talk about because your sweet meter just want to come back to that you don't actually add sugar from what i understand no 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 not at all it's all about what's naturally in the fruit yeah and we also do a mid-season this time of year we're doing a granny smith and it's very tart, you know, as you can imagine. Yeah. That's been a really huge hit to have as comers and limited time off for Granny Smith juice. So, um, Love it. Yeah, really tight. Must look out for them. And so, you know, the business, you and Ross got it up and running. It's taken a while. Was there a market originally for what you were trying to do or did you have to help create that market? Well, I guess there was always a chilled juice market, for example, but there wasn't really anyone, particularly well, in New Zealand when we launched first. I mean, this, our competitors are all focused on orange juice. So we're like, okay, we want to focus on apple juice. We want to be the apple experts. We want to hero the apple. I mean, New Zealand spends a lot of money um, growing. We have a huge plant variety program where we're developing new varieties all the time. It seems a shame just to mix those all together and send them offshore in a concentrate. Let's actually hero New Zealand apples and put them, give them their own individual voice and let them do the talking. And um, it's been amazing to see, see it fly, really. Yeah, and tell us about the brand development then. I mean, we, you know, you said it's all the mm. product, but actually the brand's pretty special too. Yeah, so I guess it was for us, as you know, we're a smaller company. We don't have a massive marketing budget. So it was this whole dilemma about what brand name do you choose? Do you have something that says what you are or do you have something made up that you can then trademark a little bit more easily? Um, we sort of tried a slight hybrid with the Apple Press, which – is good because it tells you that we're in apples. It is a little challenging in terms of trademarks because in some countries the apple press is a bit too literal. But, um, you know, it's been exciting creating that because we do literally press it. It's a single varietal. We singly press the apples. Wow. It's sort of been true to its voice. And now we've we've gone through a few iterations already of our packaging um, and now we have the actual apple on the front, which has been stylized to Ross's criteria to look like the fresh apple and it's got the little sticker on it and it's really we work closely with TNG to license the jazz and envy trademarks and so it's trying to be very true to that and make sure it's representing that correctly and accurately it's on brand yeah and on brand yeah fantastic yeah and then you use the the New Zealand brand as well I mean you're Mm. you're a Fernmark licensee that's why part of why we're talking so tell us about how how you blend the New Zealandness into that as well yeah, well, I guess New Zealand has it. When we did our original research about where we would launch and we did a lot of work, we did it sort of China to the US and we kind of went across that, those territories saying, well, where should we launch? Where does this resonate? And in America, it was largely not grown here syndrome. So it was all about Asia and that was all about food safety and security, right. which we all know, a massive trend. Um, so what we said was if we make it in New Zealand, we pack it in New Zealand and send it to market, we'll get more value than if we take the apples to market, press them and, and pack it in market. Right. And that came back through very strongly that we would get more value if it was packed in New Zealand at source. Really? Yeah, interesting. I mean, I came from the dairy industry years ago where we made milk powder and we sent it to market because you would never see liquid because it was so heavy, right? Because it's so heavy, yeah. It seems like it's inefficient. So heavy, and that's the whole concept of concentrate as well, right, where you send it and then you recon it. So it's um, a cool trend that people are wanting something more real and, and more close to the source. Authentic. 
yeah, wow. in the center. Yeah. And the New Zealand, the brand of New Zealand and the markets that you sell into, is it valuable? Yes. So I guess what came through that is that whole traceability, food security, food safety. And what we said is we need to have that legitimized yeah. through the use of the of the Fernmark logo application. So we now have that on all our all of our products. Yeah. I guess we did it a little bit proactively, but I but we also knew that New Zealand is a huge story. Yeah. And you know, it's proven that case and particularly through the last few years, where New Zealand has a great reputation at the moment. Well it always has, but it's just been enhanced even more so particularly in that food safety and, and care for people isn't it the whole idea that you know these are products you make products that are really good for people they taste nice but also they're good yeah exactly as long as that's not the exciting stuff to say it's all about food safety and compliance but actually it's when you're talking to a retailer it's the first thing they want to know right is can you make it is it safe have you got a good safe reliable supply chain that's right so, yeah and when they see the silver fern on there they go okay you, you'll come we can trust you that's good and particularly we did it because we were launching into China as well, where there's a lot of issues around, you know, fraud in terms of packaging, et cetera. And so, it, again, it, we've used it probably more extensively there yeah. than we have in other markets in terms of some QR codes we've used because of the authenticity requirement for that market a little more than some others perhaps. All right. So consumers can trace it if they want to. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So it's been, it's been great. Yeah, we've been doing it, I think, September – 2019, I think we started using it. So yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great that you fly the fern. Um, and in terms of your your own business, it sounds like you've made some big bets. You've got your own production facility now. It's quite large from what I understand. It's quite a big undertaking. Yeah, it's massive. Yep. Does that make you go, ooh, 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 not? Yeah, oh, it does. <laughs> Heart palpitations. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, now we built it and at the time I was like, oh, this is quite big. And then as it kept getting built, I was like, it's getting bigger and scarier and yep. So most people make a product, they build a plant, they bake a bit more. Then yeah. Ross is like, you just build it, then they will come type thing. If you build it, they will drink. Pretty much. So wow. what we, but what that means is we can walk into a retailer and go, yes, we can supply your 900 stores. Yes, we can wow. supply, you know, and, and we literally have done that, which has been really exciting. Because it is a challenge for New Zealand businesses to hit scale. We've done some yeah. research at New Zealand Story about what other countries are looking from us. And, you know, scaling up to 900 stores is a significant impact. And having that ability, I mean, it's one of the first questions they ask is, can you supply before you even ask about any more than yeah. anything about the product? Because there's no point having a nice touchy-feely conversation about a cool brand and then you actually can't make it. You've got plenty of pressing going on. Mm-hmm, exactly. And we've um, because we've got a large plant, we've got some strategic partners we obviously work with as well. And we contract process some products for them too. Oh, so yeah, that's helped that's been part of the business model is having partnerships in that area. So So where's the future taking you? What what do you think the next steps are gonna be? Well, we've taken a rather large step and we've got into oat milk. Oh. Seems like a big diversion from apples. Yeah, we've recently launched the boring oat milk product, um, ah, which course. is made through our facility. And yeah. um yeah, that's been really exciting to have another, you know, New Zealand primary raw material, which is oats, adding value to that and hopefully taking that to the world. So that's our next objective. So at the moment, it's been a New Zealand launch. Um, it's been fantastic, really well-received brand. But now we're saying, okay, how can we leverage that brand and take it internationally? And where does it resonate? So I guess we're looking at building a, a beverage portfolio, if you like, yeah. of, you know, branded beverages that are all safe, traceable, back to New Zealand, have a New Zealand story about them. So I guess we start with apples, you move into oats, and who knows what. Who knows? Who knows what's next, right? Fijawa, 
not Tamarillo. It's awful stuff. Well, we did try with Fijoa, but unfortunately, did you? Ross really loves it and he wanted it to go global, but people don't know what they are. No, you need that's no. one where you could brand it separately, eh? You need to, you it could, needs another. Yes. So it's been, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, there's lots of opportunity there. So that's kind of fun. And, you know, there's all the nutritional options, functional options. Who knows? Sky's the limit, really. Oh, sounds exciting. It is exciting. Do you, you don't regret leaving your cushy job and going out in this crazy entrepreneur sort of model? No. Well, not, every, not, every, there. not every not day. Every day. No. Not every day. No, it's, um, there's something about working for a startup where it's every decision you make is important or yeah. means something to someone, you know, and that's um, quite a cool thing. Every day you're making quite chunky decisions which we have a team wow. of people who seem to enjoy. So that's good. That's good. Now, Sally, if you were advising someone else who's trying to follow in your footsteps, think about, you know, creating their own business or product or coming from New Zealand, what's what's a piece of advice you would give them? I think I would just tell you to, to ask. So a lot of um, you think I can't ask a question of someone, whatever the organisation is, but if you ask, they generally can only say no. Yeah. Ross and I did a lot of asking early on, um, and most people are really happy and keen to talk to you and work with you, whether they're in New Zealand or China or anywhere else. Just be open and honest about what you're trying to do and just ask people questions, and generally most people are pretty keen to talk to so um, and to help. Yeah, exactly right. So we've had a lot of help along the way from lots of agencies, individuals, other companies, um, and a lot of it's just moral support, but even yeah. that is, is significant. Well, Ross asked you for help and you helped and now you're offering the same or saying the same to others. It's wonderful. Sally, thanks very much for flying the fern and sharing your story with us today. Pleasure. Anytime. Kia ora. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast series is all about highlighting the amazing work New Zealand companies are doing in a variety of sectors and spaces. If you like this episode, there's plenty more great stories from Flying the Firm podcast that you can listen to. Just go ahead and check them out where you found this one. We're also highlighting the Fernmark license program, which we talked about during the episode. The Fernmark is our national symbol and a country of origin mark that helps Kiwi businesses promote trust, authenticity and credibility by leveraging the good reputation that New Zealand has overseas. To find out more or to apply to be part of the program, head to our website, fernmark.nzstory.gov.nz. And lastly, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps others find us. Hide it for now.